That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to A Few Things, where we give our greatest discoveries the podcast they deserve. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. This show is brought to you by Evakind. Find out more and sign up for our newsletter at evakind.com. Oh, and while you're there, why not order a copy of our new book, Work Wife? It's chock full of conversations with amazing female business partners. You know, we haven't been doing this in so long, and I like don't remember how I see through the mic to my notes. Interesting. It's blocking my vision. Interesting. Maybe you could move your notes over. Okay. Int- okay. Try so that. like go like this. Yeah. But but still talk into the microphone. Okay. See how but it goes. It's still free. blocking my vision. Okay. I need a. Oh, this is what I. You this need is why stand. I asked Alex for an easel and he never got me one. Yeah. In November you asked once and he didn't get it for you in March. <laughs> yeah. It's so surprising. Well, could have been a nice Hanukkah present <laughs> or a been. baby gift. You, you know, Gosh, congratulations. A push present. <laughs> A push present. Alex did, right. didn't even get you a push present. That's shocking. But you, it's not too late, Alex. <laughs> You're accepting push presents yeah. for all of 2019. That's right. I'm going to push through breastfeeding. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Um, hey, in addition mm-hmm. to work wife, what else are you liking on ofakind.com right now? Um, I'm very, we have like a whole new slew of games, which by the way, I think games are having a big moment. You've said this for, I think, two to three years. <laughs> I fact. just... It's going to happen. It's a slow burn. Everybody else is going to join me in this recognition. But I just think people trying to get away from their phones. So they're doing puzzles. They're doing dominoes. I don't think it's wrong. It's just it's not a new revelation for you is what I'm (laughs) saying. (laughs) Well, anyway, I think of a kind is getting getting in on this trend. We have we so there are these Wexler and Sons games. Um, We have card games include completion, primary and word for word. Board games are advanced and switch. They're very beautiful. They're, they're kind of so pretty. They're a good size. Yeah, um, they're like sort of, they're like very minimalist, sort of like mid-century vibes. Totally. I don't know. They're 15 to 25 bucks. They're so, so cute. Good. And get this, one of the, so the company is a, a father and son, and the father is the inventor of Connect Four. Wow. I know. Wow. How rich are they? <laughs> Probably quite. I hope quite. I hope. I would totally watch a Netflix docu-series that's like the chef one or the graphic designers ones, but about game inventors. Because that Monopoly woman is yeah, exactly. so interesting. Yeah. Um, anyway, you can get these for 10% off with the code a few things. Do it. Um, okay, so something we've been loving. Um, we haven't recorded in a while because... In so long. Yeah, because, you know, that's Claire had a baby, how. for example. Yes. Just one of the reasons. Uh-huh. It was the holidays. It was crazy. Um, so we had pre-recorded a bunch of episodes. Um 
But one of the things we loved is are all the voicemails that we've been getting from they were all thrilling. of you. They helped me feel connected to the real world while I was um, on maternity leave. Um, and so we would like more, please. Um, call us at 833-OF-A-KIND. 833-OF-A-KIND. Is that the song? Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Someone told oh when I... Oh my gosh, you did such a good job. I feel like that's the first time you've really nailed it. Thank you. Someone told me when I put it on Instagram that whenever they see it written out, they sing the song in their head. So it's really working. That this jingle is you wrote. the goal. That is you're yes. a jingle writer, <laughs> basically, officially a jingle writer. Um, so ask us questions. Yeah, ask us anything ish. Please do ask questions because I feel like there's definitely an episode to be had that's just an ask us anything, almost anything. Ask us some things. Ask us some things via voicemail, but we'll nothing answer. like totally insane that you know we're not we're not going to tell you about. Well, that's the wonderful thing about this dictatorship that is a podcast. We do this co-dictatorship. <laughs> we get to decide. That's right. Yeah. Um, so we did get some questions mm-hmm. in the listener voicemails that we've received so far. Most of them were just like basically what's been happening with you two. Like in summary, <laughs> like what's happening. Do you think we just weren't on Instagram enough? Well, I I don't know. I think there... I, I think for my part, I wasn't particularly clear about this question that people were asking, which was just basically like, why do your hus- do you and your husband not live together? Yeah, you never broke it down for people. Yeah, like I gave like a tiny bit of context, but not a was full it because rundown. of privacy concerns or boredom concerns? Ooh, I think a combination of both, mm-hmm. I would say. Okay. Um, so It's ba- a pretty juicy answer, though. Do you think so? <laughs> I'm not sure. So, I just, I like that it involves the Federal Reserve. Okay. That sounds yeah. juicy. Yeah, totally. So my husband um, had a fellowship for the Federal Reserve Bank in Minneapolis. And so he was living in Minneapolis. And it also involved him being at different Federal Reserve Banks across the country, including New York. So there was a lot of bouncing back and forth. Also, let's give Thomas some credit. This happened because he finished his PhD in economics. Yes. Oh, he's very fancy. Yeah. Very smart. He very, finished yeah. his PhD in economics and then he received this fellowship from the Federal Reserve. And it's a very prestigious yeah. fellowship where you rotate to all the yes. Federal Reserve yes. Banks. Yes, yes. Um, they all wanted him, so they had to share. <laughs> yes, I'm sure that's exactly how they would put it as well. Um, yep. And so now, God bless, he is back in New York working at the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. Which they didn't is, want to let him go. You know what is one of the most exciting things about the Federal Reserve Bank huh. of New York? And there are many exciting things. Um, they have a really impressive gold vault. Yes. And you can take a tour of it. I know. Um, and it is going to do it. You have to do it. It is so insane. So you walk you you walk in and you see uh, as part of this tour um basically like a, a jail cell of gold. It's so crazy. Like bars of gold, the way you wow. picture it in cartoons and things. And so each of the bars, I'm going to get these facts not exactly right. You're just going to have to accept mm-hmm. that they're like, you know, within 20% of right. <laughs> um each bar is like 25 pounds. Wow. Um, and each bar that weighs more than my son that oh significantly more yeah and each bar um is like six hundred twenty five thousand dollars wow yeah and the there's wow. a scale there there's a scale there that it is perfectly calibrated to measure this like exact weight because it's very apparently it's very hard to, to measure things. To measure like large amounts of things and small amounts of things. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a postal scale mm-hmm. is very good yeah. at measuring like yeah. small small uh, weights, but not big weights. And so if you need to be able to measure both, that's a challenge. There is one man in Iowa who knows how to recalibrate and repair this scale. And he like gets in his motor home and comes uh-uh. out whenever it needs to be done. It's amazing. There's so many more juicy tidbits how- to be learned on this tour, but you should wow. take it. 
Yeah. Wow, you've managed to bring a lot of juice to this story. Thank you. Thank you. Are we allowed to talk about what Thomas does at the Federal Reserve? No, probably not. Okay. I mean, well, I, he, it, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's fine. We'll it's, leave yeah, it out. it's probably like on okay. his LinkedIn or something, but I feel like, yeah. So the real He's more private than you me. can find He's it out. more private okay. than me. Yes, yeah, fair, yeah, fair. Okay. Yeah. Um, what have you been up to? I had a baby. Yeah, I guess that's um, something. December 23rd, yeah. 2018. He came right on time. It was incredible. Well, he came a week early, which was right on time. That's right. I yes. wanted him to come a week early. It was crazy how, like, You did get he, what you wanted. I got exactly what I wanted. And the crazy thing is that I was being super neurotic and being like, I want him to come at this time because... You were being totally crazy about it. <laughs> in like, like a, I want to control the outcome sort of way, yeah. in this way that everybody was like, you can't control it because it's a baby. <laughs> and then you did. And it was like, and not only that, but it was such like short-sightedness. Like it was like, I desperately want him to come on this day so that I can have these like two weeks of Christmas break, basically. Yeah. Where you know people aren't going to be where emailing like crazy, where exactly. you know that like kind of the whole world is a bit turned off or turned down. Right. And I was desperate to have that time with him. Like I didn't want to yeah. be just sitting around waiting for a baby to come out while we could have been like learning to be parents. Yeah. Which again, this kid's going to be, has an entire lifetime ahead of him, but I was very focused <laughs> on these two one weeks. one week or yeah. this two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, I will say he came right as everybody was leaving for the holidays and I I'm so grateful because it meant my husband got a little more time at home 100%. with us. Um, but he also, I was grateful to him because he yes. came the day before I left uh, for the holidays. Was, so I got to meet him at the hospital, which I was, I, which I didn't realize I was stressed about until it happened. I didn't you know realize I mean? it either. And I was so relieved. I was very much like, God, am I going to have to wait two weeks to meet this child? Agreed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I had a baby. We're going to talk about it more on, on another a later episode. episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it happened and I'm back at work now. Like it's sort of like 85% maybe. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. And I'm what's, still, me. what's his name? Oh, his name's Cameron. Yes. Cam what's, for short. Love it. Cameron Richard. After, like my car. Yes, exactly. Named after Erica's 1992 Camry. Yes. Yeah. Which is really funny because I think about it and I'm like, I will remember, I think it was Brit who suggested Cam at, yeah, at the I think so. we were all out to dinner. And it didn't, I was like hearing it as a person's name. I you was didn't like, associate it with no. the car's name. Yeah. Well, and it was just also like, I'd been hearing the name Cam for so you were long. Really, do you think that I warmed you up to it? It was just so comfortable. Yes, yeah. I do. And you just had such good associations because Cam, the other Cam you know is so great and so nice. I do think that. That's interesting. It's just interesting that it took me so long to get there when it was in front of me the whole time. Uh, sometimes that happens. Yeah. You know, sometimes that happens. I was sitting inside of a Cam. Yeah, All the time. yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, Cameron Richard Roan Mazer. Um, it's a lot of name, but it's a good one. It's a, that's right. Um, it's funny because I just keep being curious to see what will become of the hyphenated name. Like, mm. will he actually? And at daycare, they just call him Cameron Mazer. Interesting. For the, like, they have to write his name on labels and stuff. But you it's know, like, I think the alt is Cameron. I know, know, which is yeah. yeah, which has its appeal too. That's true. Cameron. Cameron. Yeah. I that so with an apostrophe, I would presume. Hundred percent. Well, that's what I mean by like I keep wondering what will become of it because I do think when he's in high school, all his friends will be like Cameron. You know, because yeah. it's we'll just see if that reference lands. That's it. Right. <laughs> I think Cameron has enduring um, relevance. I, I think I hope still so. Feel relevant when I hope so. Eighteen years from now. Um, so there's a, there's so many things we've been wanting to talk about on the podcast, mm -hmm. um, and we saved them up for this grab bag episode mm -hmm. and man, is it a grab bag? I can promise that you will not get this content on any other podcast. Um, we have the exclusive on this combination of topics. I, 
you know what? I um I feel like we should start with one that is sort of a segue from one of the listener voicemails. Let's do it. Well, because somebody my favorite I don't want to play favorites, but one oh of my, my favorite one of your voicemails one of your favorites was about treadmill TV. Somebody suggested Pretty Little Liars, which I think is genius. It's a show I gave up on a while ago, but really loved. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You were committed to it. I, I was will say. really committed to it until, frankly, it just got too scary. <laughs> and I think watching it with closed captions I feel like might that's help. Not a piece of feedback that show gets often. It is really scary, okay. and I feel like watching. I've never it with watched closed it. Captions I, yeah, I shouldn't speak without to the this sound show. could help. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. also recommended Jane the Virgin and wanted to know, like, do we have any more Rex? Well, now we do. Oh my gosh, we do. So. God knows why, but I started watching Heart of Dixie. I mean, I think the answer to why is that I need that Netflix probably recommended it to me and I needed something yeah. sort of like. No, it did. But I do think that I I had been like, why haven't I watched Heart of Dixie? Because it also has this like vague country music association totally. for me. Um, and there's a certain like sweet home Alabama-ness yep. to it. Um, and I feel like I just had never really engaged that much with Rachel Bilson, but didn't know why. Have you ever watched The O.C.? No, which is crazy too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, started watching Heart of Dixie and a few episodes in, I was like, Claire, I feel like this is good treadmill television. And right, you were. Right, I was. You were so right. It's um, excellent treadmill TV. Excellent treadmill television. Also just excellent, wow, it's been a long day television, yes. which is the equivalent for me. Yes. I See, I don't, well, I haven't been watching, wow, it's been a long day television because I understand yeah yeah but you have other is, things happening it is such good treadmill tv even better than bunheads honestly I think that's true because there's more romance so much more romance there's not a lot of romance on bunheads which I do yeah which you know is fine great whatever but this does feel here's juicier. one thing I will say and I don't want to criticize heart of dixie because I don't think there's much to criticize <laughs> but when I first started watching it the first couple episodes I was like wow this ticks all the boxes and I didn't even realize how much a medical drama makes for good treadmill TV because these scenes of like, is this, are they going to pull this surgery off would really get my heart rate up and I'd run faster. And then all of the medical drama just disappeared. Honest, honestly, the, I think there are two to three scenes of medical drama and they're all within the first two to three episodes. Yeah. And, and I'm I, not sure. I wonder if they were like, well, that's more expensive to do or like what the like. Probably what, they fired the medical consultant. Was? Yeah. Because you know on Grey's Anatomy, oh, they have like course. a million yeah. like, experts on staff to make sure they're getting it right. Yeah. So the premise of this show is that Rachel Bilson, a.k.a. Zoe Hart, <laughs> H-A-R-T, uh, <laughs> is an aspiring heart surgeon H-E-A-R-T. Cardiothoracic. Cardiothoracic <laughs> surgeon. Correct. Um, she's a resident at New York And she's Hospital. a real New Yorker. Yeah. And she grew up in New York. And her mom's a fancy publicist and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And she doesn't get the cardiothoracic fellowship that she wants in mm-hmm. New York. And sort of like long story short, she ends up in this small town called Bluebell, Alabama, um, as a, a primary care physician. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And there's a very handsome man there, George Tucker, who has also lived in New York for a brief period because he's a lawyer, but he's come back home. Mm-hmm. They and connect. he's with his high school sweetheart. There's a bad boy named um, Wade Kinsella. Wade Kinsella. There's um, a hot mayor, LaVon Hayes. Oh, my gosh. 
Something worth noting is that all of these characters are referred to by their full names pretty much all of the time. And it's something that I really enjoy. It's so true. I also think the costuming is great, especially the first season. The costuming mm-hmm. is um, is really great. The the George Tucker's uh, high school high school sweetheart is played by Jamie King, and mm-hmm. it's his character Lemon Lemon Breland. Yeah, um, and her costuming is really wonderful. Well, what's really interesting about it is it's basically period dressing, but whoever did it managed to make it feel not totally costumey. Like it yeah. feels like oh, relevant. And, yeah, totally. And, current whenever Heart of Dixie was current. Do you know when Heart of Dixie was on? Like kind of I think early aughts. Yeah, because yeah, I think I it think followed like 2004 DOC. maybe, although it seems like that's yeah. something I could have looked up before we started talking about it. Um, okay, so here is something I... There, I, there, are, there are like bits of Gilmore Girls and like mm-hmm. small town and mm-hmm. like straight talking um, yeah. sort of like brunette situation 100% happening. Um, also bunheads obviously in the same... Yes. That's the same. No, they're all the same genre. For yeah. Sure. Um, there's a little, there's a little bit like the, there's a, the romance vibes. There's a little bit Tim Riggins, Lila Garrity. Okay. Okay. There's yeah. a little bit Veronica yeah. Mars, Logan Eccles. Yeah. I mean, I will say like poor man's version of that because those mm-hmm. two, those are two like very epic classic television romances and I would not say that that this is that this goes same nobody's positing that this show is like like actually good (laughs) no it's just worth worth your time depending on what time of day it is and depending on how much time each time you have (laughs) right yeah the one thing I wanted to ask you about is the opening scene so remind me so every episode there's like a couple minutes of like a little teaser of the storyline and then there's opening credits and it starts with this really bizarre thing where you're just looking at a woman's heels they're presumably Rachel Bilson's. like a like a book cover shot like a like a 1997 uh yeah. confessions of a shopaholic yeah style exactly. shot. yeah and yeah, like yeah. I guess they're like vaguely Louboutinish like yeah I, there's a platform but you it's just a, see this beige suede platform and a little bit of ankle and then it zooms up to a New York City skyline. It's the weirdest thing. My favorite it makes thing, no sense. My favorite thing about the opening credits are how short they are. Yes. Oh, they're incredible. That's a beautiful thing about it, for yeah, sure. I, that is my favorite thing about the opening credits. The other thing that I wanted to say... Oh, okay. So I'm pretty far along in this. Uh-huh. Um, you are r- way further along than I'm I am. now in season four, which wow. is the last season. But here's how I got there. Season three stinks. It is so boring. Wow. Like, I watched maybe six or seven episodes, and I was like... Like nothing about there's nothing about this is engaging. Half the characters I care about aren't even here right now. No, it, it was, don't tell me that. They're they're I just like them they're so definitely much. like working on another project. Okay. They definitely okay. got written out for for you know these episodes okay. so they could go work on another project or whatever. Fine. Here's what I would say. Watch the first two seasons. Okay. Watch the first episode of the third season. Okay. Read the Wikipedia entry. Watch the season three finale. Okay. And then get into season four because you are missing nothing great piece of intel in the middle of very valuable you just saved me so much time i did and i wasted a good like six hours of my own time being like i don't care about like with a drama at the bakery today (sighs) yeah get that bakery out of here is it that same bakery that that brick breland went to butterstick bakery okay (laughs) all right um should we move on i guess Red lentils. Red, something else we've been thinking about a lot and, and wanting to talk about. about. A lot. We have been talking about a lot. Mm-hmm. When did when did we first start talking about this? Well, because I have become 
fully obsessed with this red lentil and citrus soup. Yeah. Um, from me 101 Cookbook. I ate um, it from your, it was in you your, did. you had made, this is like, this feels like a real odd thing that happened. Uh-huh. I, the person who didn't have a baby, uh-huh. took leftovers from Claire's house <laughs> one day <laughs> because she had extra soup. Because in typical Claire fashion, like I make way too much of That's everything. True. I'm so concerned about there never being enough food. So I'd made so much you had to take it. That's true. Um, but my friend Alessandra brought it over really shortly after the baby was born, this lentil soup. And she brought it the soup and then she brought a jar of brown rice and then she brought Greek yogurt. And it it was like heaven transcendent. And Chris and I were basically fighting over the scraps. And so I asked her to send me the recipe. It's from 101 cookbooks. I strongly recommend- Already swans Watson, so good. I, I strongly recommend following the directions and doing it with the brown rice. They say like, oh, you could do any grain. I just think brown rice is so chewy and No, I agree. It soup. holds up in a soup. It yeah. holds up. And you have to have the, the Greek yogurt too. That part's important. I think um, you pretty much always have to have the Greek agreed. yogurt. Agreed. And maybe some citrus. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, it's just a wonderful soup and it's very easy to make. And I've made it like four times since she brought it to me. And it freezes very well. Um, um, and when I was telling you about it, you were like, I have a red lentil soup that I'm really into right now. I love the Yotam Odo Lengi curried lentil tomato and coconut soup. It's so, 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 so good. And I feel like that's a thing that I make all the time, I which is like a too, and it ton of coconut milk, mm-hmm. um, some canned tomatoes. And it's just like one of those things where you're like, I could have the ingredients for this. Like there's nothing I need it. to, yeah, there's nothing I need to like go to the grocery store to get. It requires nothing truly fresh, which is helpful. <laughs> <laughs> there's another New York Times uh, recipe red lentil soup that I feel like is a hybrid between the two of these. It's called red lentil soup with citrus, but it also has tomatoes in it. And I hear from my friend Kelsey that it is outrageous is what she called it. Interesting. Um, I mean, why, I think, why don't red lentils get more play was where we sort of came well, on this. Because like brown lentil soup is fine. Of, it's fine. You yeah, know, it's but fine. But this is so mealy. much better. Yeah. Red lentils taste so much better than brown lentils in my opinion. Me too. We also both love the Joe Beef um, lentils like baked beans recipe. So good. Another it's recipe delicious. that requires no fresh ingredients. No. <laughs> There's ketchup, mustard, like vinegar. It's excellent. It's delicious. Um, and you bake it in the oven. And then Liz, um, our producer and editor, she's very into the red lentil. Um, doll recipe in the Julia Tertian cookbook that we're also obsessed with. Small victories. It's very gingery, very delicious. Goes well with rice. I don't know. I just feel like red lentils are sort of having a moment. They, they should are. probably be having more of a moment. Well, they should certainly be in more grocery stores because I feel like half the time I can't find them in really? the grocery store. I mean, now I just order them. Interesting. I don't feel like I have I that now. problem. I mean, Goya makes them so if you're if you're if you're gross, they make them. They sell them. <laughs> yeah. They package them. They make them from scratch. Yeah. yeah. If your grocery carries a lot of Goya, then you'll probably, probably be able to find them. Um, um, I also want to shout out red lentil fusilli that came in our hungry root packages. That's like a fresh pasta made with red lentils and gluten free, delicious. That's, yeah, I need to try that. That's yeah. still in my fridge. I got to make that. Delicious. Um, okay, so now that, there's just like tons of pressing topics, I would say, that yeah. we're getting into on this episode. <laughs> what else? Um, so something I put in 10 Things recently was this mm-hmm. article from The Atlantic about exclamation points yep. and basically the changing face of exclamation points. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the general idea is that an exclamation point used to be something that was only used in rare situations, but mm-hmm. now it's used and abused. And one exclamation point means basically nothing. Right. And so if you're actually excited, you have to use two, maybe three. Or like, ten. Yeah, or ten. Um, so here are, here are a couple of quotes mm-hmm. from the article. Digital communication is undergoing exclamation point inflation. When single exclamation points adorn every sentence in a business email, it takes two or three to convey true enthusiasm. 
And then it wasn't so long ago that a single exclamation point still felt extreme. One grammar guide from 2005 says the exclamation point indicates extreme pain, fear, astonishment, anger, disgust, or yelling. And then here's the part that really got us. The pressure to use exclamation points can sometimes feel stifling. A trap Deborah Tannen, who is a linguist who we also love, calls enthusiasm constraint. The belts on this particular straitjacket are tighter for women. As many studies have shown, exclamation points can be a sort of emotional labor women have to perform to be liked, especially in the workplace. Why did this come up in conversation for us? Because we discovered something that we didn't know about each other, which well, is we were we talking both... about this article. Is that what it yeah. was? Yeah. We were talking about it oh. at your kitchen table. Yes. We both write emails and then reread them to make sure that not every sentence ends an exclamation point and to basically to edit out the exclamation point. Which is so embarrassing to have to do, but also like... Yes, this idea of emotional labor for women. And yes, this idea that like I couldn't possibly write an email with just all periods because people would think what I was a bitch. I mean, it goes for so much. I spend so much time sort of policing my emails for tone in general. And listen, I think there's a certain amount of that that is essential and necessary. Essential and you should be delivering the way you communicate. But the exclamation point thing is the most common thing that I will just read back and be like, how many exclamation points are in this email and how many do I need to take out? Same. Yeah. It's really what a waste of time. What a waste what of time. What a huge time. waste of time. Yep. Um, anyway, we're back. Yeah. Feels Any, great. Anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Gosh, no. Okay, great. That's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are found, like Stitcher, iTunes, leave us a review, and now Spotify. Follow us at of a kind on Instagram and Twitter and like our Facebook page. If you have ideas or requests for the show, email them to a few things at ofakind.com. To advertise on our show, email advertising at ofakind.com. Our intro music, Butterfield East, is written and performed by the Soulful Saints. 